Hi, I'm Michaela Loach. And I'm Rebecca. And this is the Yikes Podcast. And welcome back to the Yikes podcast, the podcast about all the things that make us go yikes, all those things that can be really overwhelming and make us want to run away from them. But instead, we say that we need to take that energy and transform it into action together. And today, that's exactly actually our topic, um, mm. kind of, yeah, talking about reactionary activism and also uh, kind of the nuances around guilt uh, as a driving force for action or against action and kind of all of that jazz. Um so yeah yeah and i think it's i mean it's always a relevant topic because Mm -hmm. there's always something going on um especially on all over the world especially in the way it's being reacted to or talked about on social media and there's always conversations around that of people saying that we should all be sharing everything or talking about these things as they happen or people saying that we shouldn't be being reactionary and Mm -hmm. i think that is not as black and white as that and there's there's space in between mm-hmm. um but i think that we need to talk about these things rather than just even it whatever our reaction is rather than just reacting we need to be like aware of the actions yeah. that we're doing yeah um and i guess when like when we speak about reactionary activism i suppose what we mean is that like when something kind of happens uh like a crisis something um yeah it's in news or on social media or like wherever it kind of is if you haven't talked about it before uh you suddenly kind of like react in these like very big ways i suppose uh very visible on platforms um maybe and or not i mean also offline um start organizing for the specific thing um but it seems like it's quite a short-lived and um yeah kind of like i guess yeah like this like reaction of like outcry or rage or i mean maybe even support in certain ways about certain things uh but i guess what it makes distinct from other activism is that it's this uh short-term quick reaction Mm. and i I suppose this is where like already a lot of the nuances begin because um when we last chatted about this topic i think maybe we we do have some different opinions around this because i know for me that reactionary activism is not inherently bad as a first reaction when we haven't, for example, known about a certain topic or crisis, which, of course, that's bad. And we, um, I mean, you know, we hope that we know different situations. Um, I mean, yeah, we should know uh, about different situations other than our own uh, like life or like our own kind of people who... Um, have a life like similar to us but at the same time I feel like um, it is a way for people to learn about a certain issue mm-hmm. the point is that it shouldn't just be based on this initial reaction but it's a long-term a long-term process which is exactly like what solidarity work is about um, I suppose and yeah like using a initial reaction whether that's rage or outcry or whatever it is as a long-term motivator to learn and to uh, support and see the connections with other systems or experiences and stuff and then tackle that I think it's yeah I think it's just so not clear like I think even when I start thinking about it I start like flip-flopping between as like Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah this is really necessary but then also like 
what is that doing in the long term? And I also, before I carry on speaking, need to apologize because there's like beeping happening outside of my apartment. And if you can hear it, I'm sorry. You know, this is recording remotely. It happens. (laughs) Home recording. It happens. Um, Because like I read, I read things about reactionary activism. Like um, Mm. there was um, a piece that was written by Tammy for Bad Activist that I might read a part of later but there are like critiques of reactionary activism and I resonate with them so much because I'm like oh that Mm -hmm. is we don't want to um minimize like history or a struggle into like an Instagram infographic or into a post and we don't want to sensationalize um violence or we don't want to minimize what's happening or there's like a metaphor that she uses where she says that reactionary activism is like a sparkler it's like fizzes brightly and loudly at the start and then sizzles out um into Mm -hmm. nothing like quite quickly um and so I'm like oh yeah that all makes sense but it's also like what are we but then it's the noise around this stuff does have does have an impact in some way like it does have a huge impact I think of like um communities like on the front lines who when there's something when they're in crisis mode they they want people to talk about it they want there Mm -hmm. to be media attention on it because in many ways media attention can can lead to safety for those communities and therefore Mm -hmm. the reactionary nature of of I guess beginning to care about that when you see that at first can also have a realized impact on on protecting people um or even when there's a war going on outrage from the public can have a big impact on mm-hmm. on the response that's made by governments so like these kind of reactions can have realized impacts i think that the difficulty is is it's like if if all of our if everyone's work is just constantly reacting to whatever is chosen to be the most like most horrible crisis that's happening in the world right now because there's a multiplicity of crises happening all the time then where does the sustainable long-term work come in if we're constantly using mm-hmm. our energy to react rather than to like do the kind of long-term work i think that's what i then worry about is these like short bursts that mm-hmm. aren't as sustainable as well. And I'm not sure, how, like, how do we find a... Like, how do we find a balance between, like, honouring the crises that are happening right now and the necessary reaction to them mm-hmm. and at the same time realising that, like, the kind of work that transforms worlds and creates new ones and requires kind of long-term, like, stamina um, mm-hmm. rather than, like, bursts of energy and then energy gone i just yeah i think i'm like i don't know how we find those two balances but i i don't think they are exclusionary to each other like i Mm. i don't know i feel like i mean first of all i would say in my opinion i guess that like we all might be battling certain specific topics in the long term we have certain things that we focus on whether it's like climate change or you know other other topics like that where we kind of like it's like our main focus but I feel like maybe this reactionary activism when another crisis appears and it can help first of all to link topics to each other mm-hmm. that maybe we didn't like we hadn't just learned about this is completely normal right that we we can't know everything and therefore um, why can't it be like a opportunity for us to learn? I think the main issue that I have with it is that if it's around visibility and especially I guess this is where social media comes in quite a lot of like, mm. if you do it for the visibility of, uh, hey, look, I know something about it. Suddenly I'm an expert in this topic. Um, 
I need to stunt my support. I mean, I guess that, like, you know, that is not real solidarity work in itself. Mm. I saw a good but, tweet about that that said, like, um, oh, it's, it's really exhausting having to take off my hat as an epidemiologist for the last two years and put on my hat as a current <laughs> affairs expert. Um, I was like, that yeah, is that's so many people like, on social media. <laughs> No, literally, like, everybody, you know, overnight becomes, like, a, an expert in a in a new topic that they've, like, never even thought about it before. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's, like, I don't think that's helpful, but I do, I think what you said about if there's a crisis for a community or something, wouldn't you want that people make noise for you and help mm-hmm. you in this crisis? But obviously, the point is long-term like long-term change and long-term transformation that actually we prevent crisis like this to happen and we actually mm-hmm. i guess like don't need reactionary activism right but i mean reactionary activism is also just like when uh the news come out you know with the uk for example uh an energy plan and people read up about it and talk about it that is also reactionary activism i suppose because the, the lines actually of of it is so blurred of like what counts as that or what doesn't count and I think reacting to something is a very normal behavior and I also I guess what you were saying about like the like like the short short-term bursts versus like a long-term transformation change I feel like again that's like something maybe we can take inspiration from from other um like cycles of the earth even you know where like there you use an opportunity where there is an opportunity for for growth and for change but also there will be long periods of time where maybe the change is like more slow it's more you know we might be doing a lot more community work and stuff like that that doesn't mean we shouldn't then if there's a crisis shouldn't react and mobilize as fast as possible to help in that crisis right like but I know I know what you mean and I think for me I think the most uh kind of like tricky thing around this is this like how much is it for yourself in feeling better about that you are now making noise and uh reacting to something or is it actually around like oh, shit I I hadn't thought about this this is bad of me and now I want I want to change and I and I want to make noise because yeah because that's the right thing to do even though I hadn't I was lacking in that aspect before where she says reactionary activism is fueled by and fuels anger, guilt and helplessness. These are short-lived emotions, I'm realising. They can only take you so far. You get angry over the fact that these injustices can happen again and again. You feel guilty for your privilege. You feel helpless that these crises are massive and relentless. You cycle through these short-lived emotions every time a crisis takes over your feed. Eventually, you can't take it anymore and each one makes you more frustrated, more hopeless and more fatalistic than the next. And I think that that has more to say about our kind of the way in which the reaction is happening. That I think sometimes mm-hmm. it's like it's so sensationalized of like, oh, 
it's almost like a competition of what crisis is worse. So let's like make let's like share the most violent stuff about this one. Let's share the most like or like uh, having to have a hot take or opinion on it. I think there's a difference between like acting in solidarity, which can be like amplifying the voices of those people who are like experiencing that and amplifying like the asks of, of those communities and then feeling like you have to like over intellectualize an oppression that people are facing um, or make it about yourself of like, oh, I had the best take about this horrible thing. Yeah. Um, I think that those are things we kind of need less of is like, the hot takes about mm-hmm. a crisis and what we need more of is like actually acting in real solidarity and for me that also means if you're like you find out about a crisis you didn't know about before it's fine if you didn't know about it before but then realize that that is a real part of our world and include it in the liberation work that you're doing because like none of us are free until all of us are free and so it's not about changing your work completely it's about mm-hmm. how can i include this this reality that's happening in the world into the work that I'm doing because ignoring oppression somewhere else won't make it go away. Um, yeah. We're all kind of required to to be aware of it. But for me, that doesn't mean like changing, you don't have to change your whole work or what you're doing or, mm-hmm. or like throw everything away just because you've now found out about this other crisis. It's It's about integrating it within because, yeah, I think that, Another kind of issue I've had with reactionary activism is, is when it's more on social media when there's an assumption that because something is happening, you need to dump all the work that you've currently been doing or you're not allowed to talk about the climate crisis or whatever else, because mm-hmm. now the only accepted thing to talk about is this current like mm-hmm. cycle of, cri- of crisis. But then I think also that that kind of perception or that visual visualisation of, of like of resistance work isn't the reality because like so much of it takes a lot of time and like it's slow and we can't just we can't just dump all of it at where mm-hmm. once there's something else going on because then nothing will really change over time we'll just be doing these like short bursts because that's why I think of it as like in like integrating it into what you're doing it doesn't have to be publicly mm-hmm. you could even just do the work privately to like to understand it um, and then amplify other voices, but you, but I don't know. I think I yeah. I think I just I I struggle with the. We can't. We can. We can no longer talk about this issue because this issue is now the accepted issue. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. I actually like. I don't think like I had really like come across that because for me in my mind that's like, I mean, first of all, completely, like not possible because there's so many crises around the world that mm. if we did that we wouldn't be doing anything mm-hmm. um but also like because everything is so connected i mean like this is the point right about liberation work that like we connect more and more the dots with each other and this is actually the beauty i guess about linking up um with different groups with different people who focus on different parts and see how we can connect and how we can like tackle kind of the like the underlying forces that are that are the same you know that are so deeply connected Mm. so for me yeah for me this kind of like argument of like you can't talk about this anymore because this is happening um i don't know i hadn't really heard about it i probably just like blocked it out of my life (laughs) i get dms and comments about this like um yeah how could you be talking about climate change now when this is going on or like how could you and to me i'm just like do you know that everything's so connected and also Mm -hmm. like 
we can't just stop our climate work because of the new, like for example, the pandemic even, people were like, oh, there's a pandemic going on, we can't talk about climate change or so much climate work got put on the back burner. And it's like, all of these crises yeah. are going to get worse if we don't like, if we if we give up on some of them because we're like, this new one is the thing, then like, it's not like the climate crisis is just going to pause itself as well. Like, mm-hmm. it's more about like thinking, okay, this crisis is going on, how is it connected to the climate crisis? How can in my climate justice work, I include that in the vision that I'm doing? But it's not like, it's not, it, we can't just stop and only focus on this thing and then stop. That's just not sustainable. Well, yeah, I I think that this is like the, the issue where like um, activists generally or like community groups are put on such a pedestal that like mm. they have to suddenly solve all of the world problems in their one community garden or their one meeting, you know, <laughs> that they like, <laughs> like, um, like that's not going to happen. But I guess... I don't know. I feel like I have grace for this understanding because I mm. I know that like also for me where I've been in groups and like you have a certain trust in your network, in the mobilization tactics that you have, you're already set up as a group. So there might be periods where like you focus more on like a certain issue and then there's something that like you might mobilize for a little bit. But I think But this is the thing that like, how do we make actually that sustainable in the long run? Because it means that the people, people put, and I know this for myself, you put immense pressure on yourself Mm. to be uh, responding to everything that's around you, which is first of all, not possible. And secondly, you probably do like a worse job in actually supporting like anything. Um, And so, yeah, I, I feel like in this sense, reactionary activism is detrimental also to our to our movements because we are expected and we are so you know we don't have enough people we don't have enough resources and time and um the mental health support and all of these things that actually are quite detrimental for our movements and so then to constantly like dump this workload on us of like well you should also be focusing on this now because clearly you care about social justice so therefore you need to do everything and i think that's unfair like that's of course unfair you know Hi everyone, Um, we're going to talk to you a bit about Patreon, which is how this podcast is financially supported. Yeah, so we are a community funded project um, and basically Patreon is a website where um, people can support creators that produce content like this podcast, um, which is freely accessible, but if you do want to support this project um, because you've learned something from it or yeah, just because you kind of like... I guess, want to uh, invest in it and that we can pay our guests, we can pay for artwork and music and all of these things, Um, then, yeah, you can use Patreon where basically we have an account um, and the tiers, there's different tiers and you can start from £3 a month and, yeah, we produce uh, extra content on there uh, in the weeks that we don't release an episode and in the weeks that we do upload something you get the content earlier four days earlier and without ads and any breaks so you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash the yikes podcast there's lots of other stuff on there um, you get an early episode you get to support this work because we don't do many or if not any ads normally um, 
in other ways. So the way this work is able to happen is because of Patreon. Um, so your support genuinely means the world. To all our patrons who have already supported us so far in the past or currently, thank you so much because this podcast wouldn't genuinely be possible without you guys. Um, and we're really, really grateful for all of your support. So if you can, please do head over to patreon.com slash the podcast and support us on Patreon. I think maybe social media adds in or definitely adds in a really different dynamic to this like mm-hmm. idea of reactionary activism or responding to crises because especially if you have a platform there's an assumption that you are like the news and you have like a team of journalists <laughs> who are all like trying to understand different things and that you're and that also that you're expected to speak on speak on have an opinion on mm-hmm. share about every single thing that's going on in the world. And if you don't, you're a bad person. And you're mm-hmm. like, I think that that I think is, is difficult. Cause I'm like, that's putting way too much pressure on people. And I think that that makes some people react, obviously not in the right way, but to, to share nothing about anything about justice or anything. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, oh, because if they share about one thing, I don't know, for example, in our IPCC reels, I saw that one of the, um, the like big accounts that paired with us, like the, the reel was about the climate crisis and the IPCC report. And most of the comments were like kind of having a go at this person for not posting about Ukraine. So they, the comments were just like, mm-hmm. I can't believe that you've posted this and not posted a grid post about Ukraine. Like, this is terrible. And like, I, I also really understand the frustration because I remember during the Black Lives Matter movement in 2020, how like I felt really hurt by people who weren't mm-hmm. posting about racism. Um, and... I remember during that time, there was an article that came out by um, Yomi Adegoke for Vogue and Emma Watson shared it. And it was titled, I think that, I think it was a headline, something like, um, we need to move beyond the pics or it didn't happen type of activism. Mm -hmm. Um, And that made me really think a lot because I was like, we can't make all of our activism performative like it's 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 so much mm-hmm. more than just like sh- like just because someone hasn't shared something doesn't actually mean that they haven't like started learning yeah. about it but it's also hard because like even if you know that it's hard to think that that person has a platform and has privilege and could have helped my community and and we don't know the reasons for them not doing it um so i think that it's messy yeah and i think this is exactly the point right where like if we can we can talk about reactionary activism in a very bad light all the time, but at the same time also knowing that, like, if there is a crisis, you... And I guess this is, like, where the short versus long-term things come in again of, like, yes, you want make it... Like, you want people to make noises because this is what's needed right now. There's a great mobilization needed to be happening right now. And as you said, it can bring around change in certain aspects. But, of course, usually short-term changes, right, are maybe a way of starting an education program or like disseminating information or something like this. It's not going to dismantle the underlying forces. And I think maybe when we see, I feel like this is how I view reactionary activism of like, well, if people are in crisis, a lot of times, most of the times, maybe even, you would probably want people to stand up for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's definitely this aspect, right, of like, where have you been? Like, why haven't you cared about this fucking issue yeah. before? Because mm-hmm. we've seen this coming. We have we have this violence on a daily basis, all of these things. And, and this is something that people need to grapple with for sure. And this is mm-hmm. what we need to tackle a lot. 
but um you know i guess at some point yeah and and so i think what you're saying about like the perform performativity aspects uh I feel like this is for me like one of the hardest things to grapple with around reactionary activism because you don't know people's attentions or people why they're doing it. Are they doing it for virtual signaling or are they actually doing it for, you know, well now I now I'm learning and I want to show my solidarity and maybe even my platform is like super tiny but it it does spark something in the conversations maybe that I have with my friends on a regular basis because I posted an article around a certain topic you know and it's also because like some i think a problem with reaction with the reactionaries side of it can also be sometimes the reaction is wrong <laughs> like sometimes <laughs> yeah i mean you could have taken some time to think about it do you know what yes. i mean before posting yes. like what springs to mind is around um like the oppression of palestinians loads of celebrities have had some bad takes because they felt like they had to have a take. Like, I remember Rihanna, Rihanna even just posted being like, there are good people on both... She posted something like, there are good people on both sides. Um, mm -hmm. We just need to stop the violence. Um, which she probably thought was like, oh, I'm doing something to help. Mm -hmm. But it actually probably was less helpful. Well, definitely was oh, less for helpful, sure. for yeah. sure. <laughs> and it's just... And that's why, like... And it's hard because, like, in the moment... And I, and, and I keep saying, for me, I'm like taking myself back to that horrible time in BLM in 2020, because mm. that, for me, that was my moment of like reactionary activism that was like benefiting my community the most. And mm -hmm. like that I was, and I remember looking around and being like, why is that person so saying, why is that person so saying? But now like what, like two years later and reflecting, I wish actually that more people had taken even like a couple hours to just really think before <laughs> posting a black square or before oh, like, or before yeah. posting like things because I think sometimes in reactionary activism it can be like a tick box exercise of I've said mm -hmm. something or I've done the thing done the thing yeah <laughs> done the thing, done the thing. Um, but we need to I think that like kind of more so for people listening to this I think we need to also be like let's focus on ourselves what are we doing What are, what, what, mm. what am I doing? How am I reacting? Let's maybe like take a second to stop thinking about how are they reacting? How is this public figure reacting? How is this person reacting? And with us, I think that we need to be like, let's make this, why, why am I responding to this? Am I just trying to tick a box to make it seem, mm -hmm. to posit myself, to perform myself as, as being someone who cares? Or do I, or can I actually try and like understand this, this issue a bit in a way that will actually have an impact on the work that I'm doing beyond, beyond the like, outrage like for a longer mm. term time and like how could like for example i think with myself and with with palestine i've taken a lot of time to read about and learn about and understand that issue more beyond infographics and it also means that now if i've seen infographic i actually can understand which ones to an extent mm -hmm. which ones like actually are all right i i mean i actually refrain from sharing a lot of inf infographics now because i've realized that a lot of them like are not do not have enough The, the nuance but they can have a lot of impact as well but I just yeah but they seem like, like uh, well I think I think the danger actually was like infographic more than was just like an opinion uh, post which is clearly an opinion an infographic mm -hmm. is also an opinion but it seems legitimate because you phrase it in a certain way and you use Canva suddenly yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th that is definitely the problem with infographics is it's like people think that it's like a textbook or something yeah When actually it's just a person who has a phone and Canva is literally free. These templates are free. Like, yeah. and have just haven't. And, and I know that they can be helpful as an accessible way for people to understand things sometimes. But I also think that they, I don't know. I'm like, 
give me your sources because mm -hmm. like we need to make this a normal thing like share your sources because otherwise and look for sources because otherwise I think things can be shared that just aren't accurate and that cause actually more harm sometimes because you're just giving like an inaccurate and it also undermines an entire movement sometimes when people are like okay well yeah. that was wrong so then everything else must be wrong mm -hmm. um i mean yeah like yeah. just phrase it as your own like just say it's it's your opinion you know yeah, like yeah. this is this is i mean and in many ways it's unfortunate but this is exactly what social media is right it's your opinion like you like puking your opinions on your own mm -hmm. platform and you know Like that's sadly what it is. Like I think and that's, that's, that's why that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. It's totally I mean, and it's detrimental in many ways. Yeah. But. yeah, but I also I also think in some ways like social media is like really democratized. Obviously, maybe in some bad ways, but like definitely in some bad ways. But democratize information. I think about before I use my Instagram to talk about things. And this is a bit of a side note, but and when I used to write for like publications, um, my editors wouldn't commission me to write about climate and race. Like they would literally. I'm like, do I say who? EcoAge. EcoAge literally rejected pictures that I sent to them about mm. racism and climate because they said that it wasn't their brand. And then as soon as 2020 came mm. along, it was suddenly they wanted me to write an article about racism and climate. And they are obviously also, they are really, really lovely people who work there and really want to do well. But I'm more saying that there's, there's a restriction when you have like an editor that, will, yeah. that maybe won't let you talk about your own things. I think that there are like benefits to being able to share your own opinion. Mm, for sure. But I mean, I, yeah, but, but, We just make it clear it's an opinion, <laughs> you know. We mm. just make it that's clear. The point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the point. I mean, yeah, I guess that's exactly also where. Yeah, I mean, I think reactionary activism, like all that we've said, kind of comes back down to the thing of like, you know, liberation work is a long-term, deeply rooted uh, process which should be uncomfortable mm -hmm. um, for. De yeah depending on your standpoint depending on like how you come into the space uh and will be super beautiful in other ways and infographics and social media in general you know can be a tactic for certain stuff in the way that we disseminate information or get to know other people i know for me like i did i i did have like an amazing experience through uh social media where i've just like my eyes were open to new topics but then mm -hmm. you know just I mean, just learning from Instagram is not is not it. <laughs> and no. so I think this is where like this reactionary activism around also, yeah, this kind of just like, and this is the fault, like this, this is the issue with social media again, you know, this like we have to present ourselves in a certain way and we have to shout about the, I don't know, when we tackle our internalized misogyny or anti-racism or the climate work mm -hmm. that we do. Like, I guess, I mean, the point a lot of times should be to, to do this work without having to, you know, yeah, present yeah. yourself in the, like, so. And do it in a meaningful way off social media as well. Like yeah. going back to like, kind of going back to also like the reaction that people had to like BLM. I think of like how many people shared stuff, but changed absolutely nothing about themselves mm -hmm. or about their lives. And like, whilst I do think that like the sharing about it and did have a definite impact, I would have preferred less people sharing about it and more people actually just doing the work with with themselves and like understanding stuff and like changing themselves um more in a realized way that they are like transformed as a person but but then or maybe we could just do both do you think Why that now and yeah yeah but i wonder also like do you think that now or already in that moment in that moment no i don't think that in that moment mm. i'm like when you're hurting 
you just want to you also want to be seen I think in that pain yeah. like and I think that's one thing is that like and I think that and I think as someone who's like aware of the power of social media you, you also are like oh like there's such a ripple effect of one person sharing something yeah that could impact someone else and transform their life in a way they wouldn't know. And I mean that yeah. for everyone. I mean that even if you have like a hundred followers or fifty followers, you don't you literally, yeah, yeah, literally you won't know the impact that you'll be having on the people around you. Like I I wouldn't have be where I am now if it wasn't social media, not just because of like me using it, but because I first went to like Calais and started organizing because of social media. Like I first got into climate work because of social media. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. Yeah. There are so many things I wouldn't understand or know about if it wasn't for social media. So I think it's a, it can be so brilliant in so many ways. And that was because someone, some of these people decided to share about these things or talk about these mm-hmm. things online. Um, yeah, so I think I am, like, I'm, that's why I think, I I feel like I might not have, the thing is, this podcast isn't going to give answers. It's more just like, let's talk about the questions. Um, yeah. Because I don't think there is an answer here. Like, I don't I don't think that reactionary activism is 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 wholly bad. And I don't think that it's wholly good. And I think that there's like a, mm-hmm. a bit of an in-between there. I think yeah. that what I think, when I think about what I want to be doing is I was going to be checking in with myself is like, in the way I'm reacting to this, like, is there a more sustainable way that I could be reacting to this where I'm not just in like guilt, cir- guilt spirals or guilt circles, mm-hmm. um, but where I can sustainably continue to do liberation work. And that's why I think it's important for like, everyone to kind of have a thing they focus on like I never used to think this I used to always think that and you might disagree with me mm. but I used to think that everyone should just do everything and then as I tried to do that I realized that it's so unsustainable to try and do to like organize everything and so for me like having a focus which for the last like couple of years has basically been like oil and gas in the UK has been like my focus and the kind of side focus is like or the, not side focus, the adjoining focus is like climate justice and racial justice. Um, having those being like my focuses means that when I'm doing the other stuff, I'm connecting it to back to that focus and making the kind of longer term work more sustainable mm. rather than constantly giving the entirety of my energy to this issue and then the entirety of my energy to another issue. And because then, and because like I think on the way you're kind of losing energy along mm-hmm. the way. Um, and for me, this is what's worked. Mm-hmm. Everyone's different. This hasn't been me being like tunnel visioned of ignoring every other issue. It's more just like connecting that issue to my thing that's going to be my focus. Um, but that's just what's worked for me. It might work for someone else, but everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. can do what they want to do. <laughs> yeah, I think I work a little bit different, but like, mm. I think, I guess like our main points here are, right, that like we should be doing the deep, deep transformative work rather than just... And if reactionary activism as a catalyzer for you to learn about new stuff is is a way that this works for you, I don't like, you know, I personally wouldn't condemn anyone mm. doing that because I also know that for me, it's been sometimes a way for me to learn about new topics. But yeah, I think, I mean, everything that we've said before, I think for people to reflect on like what our motives are when we do certain stuff, our intentions of how we can actually carry out this work long term and and stuff. I think that's that's like the main points, right? About that, like liberation that's, that, work. Exactly. And I think that the big thing we need to focus on, I think, more and reflect on more with the liberation work is like, are, is it sustainable? Like, is what we're doing sustainable? And how can we still be doing liberation work that is rooted in collective liberation and solidarity, 
but is also sustainable? And I don't know the answer to that, but I think that that's, that's the answer to the question of like around reactionary activism. Like, I think that's yeah, I it. And then it's about, yeah, I guess going beyond the things that maybe aren't sustainable and instead thinking like, and, and it's gonna, it will look different for all of us, um, for sure. And that there's no right or wrong way of, of doing it as long as we're rooted in solidarity and, and liberation values, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's something to reflect on. Um, I feel like this conversation like for me there's like no definite answer and I feel like I also sway between kind of like how I really view reactionary activism but I don't know I feel like this conversation gave me a lot of like yeah more kind of food for thought and um, also just like rethinking maybe the personal actions or like tactics that we use and and the groups that we are part of so yeah I, I guess there's like no final answer but um, I, we hope that you like enjoyed this conversation and our kind of like brain dumping mm-hmm. um, of this topic in this podcast which uh, yeah like this podcast is all about and kind of figuring out the nuances um, of topics like this so yeah we hope you enjoyed this episode there's actually one thing I kind of wanted to add I feel bad to add this right at the end no go for it but just because one thing that I think I was reflecting on just thinking now is also we need to remember that like not having to react to a certain issue like means that we have a certain degree of privilege and we shouldn't ignore that yeah and that we should like examine our own privilege when we're thinking about these things or talking about these things um and we are what allows you not to have to react to this crisis like what like if it if you were in crisis you would be reacting um so yeah reflect on that as well um but i've that's true like got like <laughs> I have got loads from this episode because it's helped me work through a lot of things <laughs> in my head so I hope it's helped other people um a bit too this is going to be I think a long journey of thinking about this stuff for me and, and it's yeah. not something that I think I could give a, a definitive response to but um thank you all for joining us in this journey of thinking about it um and I have been Michaela Loach you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok um at Michaela Loach <laughs> I've been Joe Becker. You can find me as Trees and Peace on Instagram and Josephine Becker on Twitter. And special thanks to our um, yeah music magician Finlay Moed. Um, you can find him with that name on Instagram. Um, and you can follow the Yikes podcast uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, you can. Um, just make sure you follow the right one on Twitter. On the Twitter, we're at the Yikes Pod, and on Instagram, we're at the Yikes Podcast. Um, yes. Thank you all so much for listening biggest thanks so much thanks to the patreons because genuinely we would not be able to do this work without you i cannot express more how much your support means to us um you you allow us to be able to talk about whatever you want to talk about fund our work pay our guests have a grand time um so yeah thank you for being part of this work um we hope you've enjoyed the episode and we will see you in a couple weeks with another one bye Bye.